there is a sentence attributed to Cristóbal Colombos that says, you can never cross the ocean unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Well, what if you lose the sight of everything, literally? How much courage do you need then? Our guest today had that experience at the age of 17 and will share with us how he navigated through that and what his pillars are to keep moving forward, but most importantly, to thrive in his life. We will talk about what guides him and keeps him calm through the toughest times. What mindset do you need to be able to start life all over in a partly different version of you? How he found his purpose. He will share with us a new definition of hope. What is his biggest challenges and where he finds his biggest support? What to do when you don't know how to go about something? How to help the visually impaired? This is really important for those of us who are not around usually uh, of people that have uh, problems with their vision. Kevin Lowe also reminds that, that personal stories can bring inspiration to our lives And it's not a matter of competition or importance, but about gaining a new perspective. And that the best things in life are free. And it's important to never lose sight of that. Look around you. Wherever you see friendship, loyalty, laughter, love, there is your treasure. Ready for this episode? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Today, I have with me Kevin Lowe, a fellow podcaster, business owner, and a blogger. I have been a guest in his podcast, and that's how we met. And since we first started talking, I thought, I have to bring this beautiful soul to my podcast. He describes himself as a fun-loving, experience-seeking 30-something who's just trying to make a difference in the world. A follower of Jesus, a lover of people, he craves new experiences, yet loves the comfort of his home. He says he appreciates every day and every night, even the bad ones, as it helps him to appreciate the good ones. He chooses to see the positive in situations as well as the good in people. He loves the magnificence of the morning sunrise, but even more so appreciates it signals that a new day has begun. He has a few masters. He has a master in what it means to have faith. He has a master in change, compassion, and joy. He has a master degree in the love of life and people, and not through an easy road. He had a major event in 2003 that changed his life, and that is why today, as he says, he walks by faith and not by sight. And I want to tell you more about him as you are in for a big surprise, it's my pleasure to have with me this amazing human being, Kevin Lowe. Hi, Kevin. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy that we met and um, hearing your, your part of the story, I haven't heard the whole story. It really touched me. And I think uh, so many people 
feel like they're lacking something to start something or to follow finish something so I think they need to hear you and they need to know what was your journey through your you know, through your life yeah absolutely absolutely well that's why I I'm so excited to get to share that yeah so, so tell us a little bit about you who you are and and and, and what got you here of course, of course. So um, I feel like my story is that kind of classic story of when when everything in life is going good um, and and you feel like, you know, everything's just finally kind of worked out in life and, and everything's just flowing easy. It's kind of like, you know, I've, I've learned that you almost start getting afraid at that point. Like, okay, what's going to happen? Because life isn't always so easy. Yeah. But but that that was at the stage I was at in my life. Um. So I was in high school. Um. I was in my junior year. Junior year of high school. So How old were I was, you? I was seventeen years mm -hmm. old. Yeah. And so at um at sixteen here where I live in uh, Florida in the United States we at sixteen we get our driver's license and so I had gotten a. Uh, a big like a Ford F one fifty pickup truck and, and and me and my buddies we we are, are good old uh, uh Florida boys so we love to go either either taking our trucks driving on the beach or out in the woods mudding and and getting dirty you know and yeah. so so that was my life and um so life like I said life was going really awesome and um until finally it was just I had just started my junior year of high school um. Had, had turned 17 when we found out that I had a brain tumor. Wow. And this came about because finally we had had, um, finally it was, it was basically my mom and my grandmother who we had been asking my pediatrician um, for years, you know, about all the different medical issues I had been having. I'd been having horrible headaches. Like I had like a migraine headache almost every day of my life. Um, at that point, I wasn't growing. I, I mean, at 17 years old, I was only five foot three, uh, you know, just a little guy. Mm -hmm. And um, and all of this stuff and just all these different things that were going on and, and they didn't make sense and we weren't getting answers. And so finally, finally, um, we got me moved over to a different family doctor. And he was actually he 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 took basically one look at me and at my record and was like, okay, there's something, there's something not right. And so he was the one who sent me to a specialist and that specialist sent me for an MRI and the MRI showed that I had a brain tumor. It was, um, the brain tumor, it was called a craniopharyngioma, and it was basically positioned right in the crosshairs of my optic nerve. Um, mm. And then it had completely encased my pituitary gland Oh wow! And yeah. and at the same time was also pressing against my carotid artery, and so literally at the time that they found the tumor, they said that I would have had at most six months left to live. Wow! And so thankfully, though this type of tumor was not cancerous, because um, you know I always you know hear of brain tumors, it's always you know something you know with cancer, and you need you know chemotherapy or you know something like that, mm -hmm. and so. Thankfully, it, it did not require that. And, um, you know, and then the other, you know, the big, you know, thing that was such a blessing was, is unbeknownst to us, is, you know, an hour away from where we live 
it was the leading pediatric neurosurgeon in the entire United States. Wow. And, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and so we went to him. And so, you know, long story short, we had the surgery was scheduled for, for October 28th of 2003. And um, basically the doctor said, you know, that I'd go in for surgery. Um, he said, you know, I'd probably be out of school for about three weeks um, which I mean, I was perfectly fine with that, <laughs> and, um, and 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 stuff. And I mean, honestly, the only thing that really bothered me was the fact that I grew up riding dirt bikes and four wheelers and stuff, as you know, as well as being out in my four wheel drive truck and stuff. And so, the only thing that upset me was that he told me that for six months I would not be able to ride my four wheeler. And so, of course, at 17 years old, that was a big problem to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and so, you didn't, and you didn't feel scared or anything like that. You know, I wasn't. I, the only time that I can tell you that I really remember getting really upset was, was the day that we had went to the, um, when when we met the neurosurgeon for the first time and mm -hmm. we had already we already knew that i had the brain tumor um because my mom had actually gotten that call on like a friday evening um the doctor had called to tell her the news of the results of the mri and that it was worse than he had expected and that we needed to get me with a with the uh, pediatric neurosurgeon immediately Mm -hmm. And, and so like, I, I can remember, I can remember that night very vividly when my mom told me the news and being extremely upset and stuff and scared. And then I remember the drive home the day that we had went as a family to the, to the neurosurgeon's office for that first appointment. I can remember that drive home crying just the mm -hmm. entire way home. And, mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I really, I wasn't scared only because literally, you know, these, these doctors, you know, let me know it was fine. They're like, mm -hmm. you know, I know it seems horrible, you know, so scary, but you know, it was, everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, I mean, the light of it, my, my personality, um, I actually named my tumor. <laughs> and um, so I, for some reason, I don't know exactly why, but I named it Bob. So it was Bob the tumor. And so so me and my family, we literally had a a going away Bob party where we had all our family over and food and all kind of stuff, this big celebration. You're too funny. <laughs> yeah. And so so we had all this stuff. I mean, and so we were looking forward to it. I remember I remember the day that we drove over to the hospital the day before my surgery. I mean, we had the van loaded up because, I mean, you know, my mom knew we were going to be there for a while. Mm -hmm. and But, I mean, it, it was like we were going on vacation or something. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, so, you know, but, but kind of fast forwarding is I went into surgery and um, I came out of surgery and everything was not going well. Mm -hmm. Um as soon as I came out of surgery, you know, at whatever point things, things weren't going right as far as different levels of, of, of my different, all the different, um, you know, hormones and stuff that were, you know, were being adjusted and, you know, all this stuff, it, it was, it was a much more in which I'm going to tell you all this, but I don't remember any of this. This is all coming from my family, you know, okay. who was all there. And so it was a much more chaotic experience than, than any of us had been prepared for. And um, 
And so it was, it was very intense, the stuff that they went through. And it was, I think maybe about, I think it was three days after surgery, maybe even not even that long is the, the doctor that the neurosurgeon was in visiting. And, um, they said that I had, I don't know if you've ever been to the hospital, but they put those, they call them like the pulse socks. They put it either on your finger or your toe to measure your pulse. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of clamps on there. And for whatever reason, it annoyed me to no end. And so they said I was constantly ripping the thing off. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the doctor, he, he looked at me and he's like, Kevin, do you see this? And he's pointing to the little pulse socks machine. He's like, do you see this? You do not touch this. And when he was saying, do you see this? My mom was the only one else in the room with the doctor. And, and she said that I, I shook my head. No, I don't see it. And when I said that, the doctor looked at my mom and he went over to the, to the doorway and he, he turned the light switch on, on and off, on and off. He's like, Kevin, do you see this light? And I said, no. Oh, wow. And at that moment, they found out that I was left completely blind. Wow. And so that, at that moment began, as, as I like to tell people when, when, I, when I try to compare it um, and, and put it into words, is I like to tell people that my life that I had died on that operating room table. Mm-hmm. And a new life began. And and I truly feel like that is is it was Kevin, you know, before before surgery and Kevin after surgery. So I came out of that surgery. I was left completely blind. I lost my ability to smell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never really been able to be explained. Um, they don't even understand why I can't see. Mm-hmm. The, the, the tumor had been pressing on my optic nerve. So we knew that, but the, the optic nerve was left completely intact, but the, the optic nerve, it atrophied it, it, you know, I guess basically means it, it died. They don't understand why, except for it did. And I was left completely blind. How was that moment that day for you? You know, everybody, everybody asked me that and mm-hmm. I always wish because I'm a I'm a big guy for for telling stories. And so <laughs> I always keep always wish I had a really awesome, dramatic story to tell everybody, you know, to make it like super amazing. But the truth is, is that I don't there was never a moment that I can tell you that I remember being like, oh, my goodness, I can't see mm-hmm. it. It just like all of a sudden became this new reality. And and I think maybe it was because of the trauma that my body was going through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't remember. I mean, like I said, I ended up being in the hospital for, for goodness, like over, over two weeks I was in the hospital. I don't remember any of that time. I don't remember, start really remembering until goodness, uh, quite a bit after we were back home, do I start having any memory whatsoever? I see. And yeah. And, and then even from that point, I continued with short-term memory loss for, for six months, even after the surgery, you know, so, so it, it's very hard, but, um, I can tell you this, that the, 
like I said, I go back to a lot of it um, through the stories that my family has shared of that time. And, and I can tell you this is that my family always said that never, never was I scared um, like, like you would think you would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my mom, she said, my, my faith is a big part of my journey. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of my life today. And, um, and I've, and I always said that, that my, my faith, my relationship with, with Jesus Christ, you know, is what has got me through it. And my mom, she always tells a story that it was soon after we had come home from the hospital. And she finally asked me one morning that when, when I would go to bed at night, she asked me who it is that she hears me in my bedroom talking to. And she said, I told her that when I go to bed, I talk to Jesus, that he's always there with me. Mm. And that, that I feel like is the most beautiful representation of what that entire period of my life was like at that moment was that truly, um, you know, Jesus was the one guiding me and keeping me calm. And, and that, and that's, that's the only way that I can explain why or how, I didn't freak out. And um, so, yeah. And so, so like I said, so that, that started this whole new life and um, you, you kept going and um, you know, from, from that point forward, you know, I was still, like I said, I was still, uh, you know, in high school and, and from the very beginning um, I had this goal that I wanted to still graduate with my class. Mm-hmm. which looking back on it now, I think how, how ironic that was because I hated school. <laughs> like I, I mean, I would rather be sick at home with the flu than get, than have to go to school. I hated it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I had no, I had no aspirations of really like going to college or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I maybe had some some career things in mind that I knew would require college, but for the most part, I mean, it was nothing. And so I've thought to myself, why was I so out of it? Why was that such a big deal for me to get to graduate with my class? And mm-hmm. and to be honest, at the time, like I, you know, found out later on that, you know, my my mom, my my grandmother and stuff, they, you know, they didn't think that would happen because of the situation I was in. And, but, you know, you, you start, you, you start moving forward and and we found out that here where I live, we have these amazing resources for, for people who are blind and visually impaired. Mm -hmm. And so I started, I had these teachers who, who came to my home, who taught me my school subjects. I had another one who would come to the house and, and she taught me how to start reading Braille and how to use the computer with this talking software. And, and then I had a third teacher who started teaching me how to use a cane to get around. And, you know, you, you just, all these different things are thrown at you and, wow. and you just, you start adapting and keep moving forward. And, and lo and behold, I, I was able to, I caught up with my schoolwork, even with all that going on so that I could start my senior year of high school, um, right with everyone else. Wow. That's amazing. And, and so, and so ultimately, ultimately I did walk across the stage of my 2005 graduation with my class. Wow. Nice. 
Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, and so when, when I talk about how ironic that was, is I go back to my faith and I go back to, to this, this relationship that I have with God. And I can't help but think that, again, it was God who instilled in me this, this goal of graduating with my class. And, and I realize now how pivotal that was because it was to show me right off the bat that even in the midst of the darkest days of my life, I, and, and, and now in this new world of blindness, I could still achieve great things. Mm-hmm. that my life wasn't over. And you must have been such an inspiration for your for all your your schoolmates and all the school <laughs> I, yes. I can imagine. Yeah. Yes, well, I, I was going to I did I was going to say that um it, at our high school and I guess it's a thing for for most high schools is they have the senior superlatives. So it's like the like the most talented or the most um yeah. you know, I don't know, you yeah. know, most like yeah. school spirit, most well, popular they, and most yes. yeah, yeah. Well, they they actually created a new one for for our graduating class and it was most inspirational and it was me it was me and one other student who got most inspirational nice (laughs) yes (laughs) you rocked it (laughs) that's right exactly wow nice yeah yeah amazing yeah and you know and so that like i said i mean that that just started this whole new life and then i don't know life life for a long time was just kind of crazy and and I think for the longest time I'll be honest with you is is I kept thinking and held on to this hope that I would get to see again mm-hmm. because coming from such a strong faith is is you know I've grown up in church and I hear in church today of God performs these amazing miracles mm-hmm. that God can heal people and 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 combined with you know we live in a day and age where everything is fixable there's a medicine for everything or there's a a surgery or there's an experimental surgery happening somewhere in the world mm-hmm. you know and so of course i'd get to see again mm-hmm. and so i held on to that hope for a long time you know until finally one day when you know it wasn't just a specific moment but Finally, I came to this point in my life and I said, you know what? I'm never going to lose hope that I will see again. But I've come to the to the realization that it may not be until I'm in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so for right now and until that day happens, I'm going to make the most out of this life mm-hmm. the most I can. That's beautiful, and so that's is, yeah. So that's what I chose to do. And that's what I choose to do each and every day is, is to, to, you know what, God has me here for a reason. And, and, and that was the other thing when I finally could come to this point, when I realized that, that God knew, he knew I could serve a greater purpose on this earth without my sight, having gone through what I did than, than with my sight or having not gone through what I did. And for myself, that has been able to give me such purpose to life, meaning to life for every day of, of I have a purpose, a, a meaning that, that I'm supposed to get out there and share my story in the hope that maybe I can 
help inspire somebody else who's going through hard times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, your story is amazing, just also because you have such a great sense of humor, storytelling, uh, you know, with what you've been through, because it's not only losing your sight, but also your health issues and, and, and all the things that you have to deal with or you have to deal with and you still are dealing with. So for all the people saying, I'm missing something, I can't do this, you know, you are an inspiration and, 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 and truths, you know, that you can do anything that, you know, we are full of possibilities and, and we just cut ourselves short of doing a lot more. So for me, it's, your story is amazing, amazing. Oh, well, thank you. And, and you know, and, and I, do, I do feel though it is important for me to say is, is a lot of people tended to when, when it first happened. And um, I, I go back to a story that my mom shares, um, you know, again, back, back relatively, you know, soon after, after, you know, coming home from, from the hospital and everything is there was a situation where, where my sister, who my sister, my sister is five years older than me. So um, she was in college at the time and she was actually in nursing school. And, but whatever, whatever was going on, she was complaining about something either to do with school or to do with personal life, something, she, she, something was going on. And so she was complaining and, you know, just, you know, airing her frustrations. And apparently my mom said to her, you know, listen, Tiffany, if your brother can get up every day with a smile on his face and keep going through life, then I think you can too. And my mom said that when my mom came into the other room, she said that I came up to my mom and I told her, I said, mom, don't you ever say that to Tiffany again, that what she's going through in her life right now is just as important and meaningful as what I'm going through. And of course, my mom said, you know, that talk about like making her feel about as big as a little tiny like pea, like I just shrunk her down, like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, but that is though that is that is what I've always said, though, from the beginning is, is I never want when people hear my story for it to make their life and what they're going through not seem as big mm -hmm. because everybody, no matter what what you're going through is just as big as me. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, the fact that, you know, you're having some issues with, you know, what your friends are doing or what your teacher is requiring, you know, in, in comparison to the fact that, you know, I became blind. Maybe if you want to compare it like that, you know, we, we can, we can have a discussion, but otherwise, you know, is they tell it's, it's not about comparing what you're going through to what I'm going through or what anybody else is going through whatever you're going through is big to you. And yeah. I just want though, to remind you that, that you can get through it and, you know, and to maybe, maybe help people, you know, shine a little light on what really matters in life and what doesn't. Yeah. I so agree with you with that message because Sometimes they say, you know, like, oh, rich people, you know, they don't understand poor people or, or this problem is not as big as that problem. And we get into a competition of problems, you know, and I think that is so true because everybody is living a different life, a unique life, and their problems are important in their life. I yep. think the only thing sometimes we can lose perspective 
And so when you hear other people's story, it gives you a better perspective sometimes whether you did your issue, you made it too big or too small, because that can also happen, you know, where you just shovel it under the rug and then you hear somebody's stories and you're like, oh, okay, so maybe there is something here that I need to deal with. So for me, it just shows perspective is not a matter of importance or competition, as you said. Yeah. So I think that is really well done. Where did you get all these knowledge (laughs) 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 that you don't don't even remember? (laughs) No, I don't. I I just, I, you know, you know, I I have to say that my life, I, I feel very fortunate at my, at my age. I'm, I'm almost 35 years old. Um, it's been as of October, October of last year was my, had been 17 years that I had been blind. And so, so that was a big anniversary for me because it meant that at that time I had then lived the, lived 17 years with sight and then lived another 17 years with no sight. And, but I can tell you that I feel very gifted that I can look back on my life from the time I was a child and I can see how everything in my life was was part of God's plan. Because I say that I know that God knew when I was born that I was going to go blind when I was 17 years old. And so everything about me growing up, all my my characteristics, everything that I got to do was all in preparation for what was to come. And he he gifted me with personalities of being very organized, which, you know, is something very vital, you know, to, to being blind now, of being an organized person. He gave me the ability to get to do and see so many things. I got to travel with my family all over the United States and see so many amazing places. I got to do so many incredible things. And, mm-hmm. and so all of it was preparing me. And so not only what I got to see and what I got to do, but he designed me and gave me the personality that I have because not only did he know that I could, could handle it, but he knew that I could take it and thrive with it. And so I feel like when you ask me like where all this knowledge comes from, I have to just give the credit back to my creator and the fact that he just, he made me the person who would go blind at 17 years old and who would go on to, to be where I am today. Well, I will give you some credit too, because you had the ears to listen to those messages that came to you. Yes. Because you could have chosen a different, a different path and, and even listening to some messages beautiful that came from God, you could have chosen not to listen to them. So I would give you <laughs> that credit. Well, too. thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> and what are some challenges that you have today? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely do. Um, you know, I think I think the biggest thing as far as challenges in regards to my blindness are concerned is is um, you know that you you figure out a lot of things. Uh, figure out, you know, ways, ways around different obstacles. And so you get very good at, at, you know, coming up with different solutions and stuff. And and technology has, has definitely helped that tremendously. I rely completely on, uh, I have a talking software that I install on my laptop 
that makes basically my laptop computer completely accessible. And then I have my, my Apple iPhone and it's completely accessible to the blind. And I even have these amazing apps that, that, you know, I can literally, it's, there's this app called be my eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I can literally click on that app and it will connect me. I think it's down to like within 30 seconds, it sends a notification to somebody somewhere in the world who has downloaded the app and has selected that they can see and are a helper. And it puts me in, they all of a sudden they can see what my phone sees so they can help me out. Yeah. But so what I was getting at is, you know, there's a way around a lot of stuff, but I feel like for me, the biggest, the biggest thing that I run into for myself is, is freedom. And when I say freedom, I mean the freedom of, of movement, the freedom of, of decisions on, on where to go and stuff, because, you know, I mean, yes, technically can I order an Uber or, you know, get a taxi or, you know, get on the public transportation and stuff. Yes, I can. But it's not as easy as being able to walk out my house and get in the car like everyone else, you know, and, and, yeah. and or if I am going somewhere by myself, it's, you know, I have to, you know, I know I have a specific destination in mind mm-hmm. where I'm going and which way I'm going. And so sometimes I do miss so badly being able to just get in a car and just simply drive or just, you know, go on a walk. And not have to worry about, okay, well, you know, I've got to remember how many turns I just made so that I can find my way back home. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so I feel like for, as far as the blindness goes, that's that's a big thing. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, if if I really want to, you know, get down to it, um, you know, is, is I, as I say, is kind of like the freedom of movement um, is difficult. Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, I guess, I, I guess too, though, it's like, I, I I literally had to come up with that answer not too long ago because somebody had asked me and, I, and and they had told me they were going to ask me that question. And it mm-hmm. was some type of interview I was doing. And I really had to think about it because I'm such of like a positive mindset that like when people ask me questions that are kind of like a negative orientation, I'm like, I have a hard time with it and stuff. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so, it. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so you need to design an app that is called Wandering Around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where exactly. you set a point that says I need to come back to this point at some time and remember this That's point right. so you can bring me back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Definitely. That well that that's what I've even said, you know, cuz I'm, you know, a big proponent and like would love the idea of, you know, one day them having these self-driving cars. I mean, yeah. they're so close when you know you start talking about like the Teslas and all of that and I've said I'm like, but again, when I get in one of those cars, they're going to want to know a destination. I can't be like, let's just go for a drive, Tesla. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But so. you need like a wonder buddy, you know, a wonder buddy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a wonder buddy up. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something that, that makes total sense. Yeah. But, you know, I am, I, I have to say that I am, I'm extremely blessed in the fact that that I have the family support that I do. Um, and that that's why I always when anybody always asks me, you know, and you know, they you ask me, you know, how I've done it, how I've gotten through, you know, what I have. And I always say it's because of my faith and my family. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I would just say my family is just, they're absolutely amazing, you know, being there for me. And that's, that's one thing that for myself that I've, I've realized, you know, after, you know, going blind more than ever is just for myself, how, how important family is and, and even family, even if, you know, if you're listening, if you don't, you know, have a, you know, technically a family, well, even it's your, your close friends, you know, that they, you know, a lot of times that, that is your family. Yeah. And, you know, and those, those relationships, the relationships with people that we make, you know, are really, I feel like what, what life is all about. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's what gives us the big support for anything that we do in life. And then to be able to share that with those people around us, that's what really powerful, not only to go through things, but to be able to share them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and now that you started um, third chapter of your life since October, uh, where is Kevin today? What are you doing? What's your life like? Yeah. So, so today, today, my life is, is uh, basically here at this microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so yeah, so, so I, I started a travel agency in January of 2013. I opened a home-based travel agency. Mm -hmm. And so I've been, I've been operating it. Um, I still have the agency, but, but, you know, I always say that, you know, every, with every door that closes, another another door opens. Mm-hmm. And and la- last year, going into the beginning of last year, um, I was was setting up to to have probably my my best best year on record with with my travel agency. Mm-hmm. And um and then of course you know the the world shut down, yeah. um with the virus that shall not be named. And, um, and, and, and so, and, and with that, you know, my, you know, of course my, my travel agency, you know, basically came to a complete halt Yeah. and, but, you know, when that happened and we were all on quarantine and stuck at home, it gave me the opportunity to finally put in motion this idea I'd been having for a long time of, I'd been thinking about wanting to do like a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I, you know, I knew that, you know, sharing my story and everything was, you know, something that I loved to do and seemed like, you know, people enjoyed it. And so my first thought was a YouTube channel. So I started, of course, ordering things from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, then I start realizing, you know, video is like a whole nother dimension of, of being complicated. I'm like a blind guy in video is just not really the best thing in the world. And so, <laughs> and, and, and I can be like super subconscious about like, okay, well, are my eyes, am I looking directly at the camera? Am I not? You know? And so, yeah. so then it, it led to, well, why don't you look at doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh. And so that's what I did. And, um, so yeah, so I have my podcast now I've been doing it now for, for over a year. Um, I'm actually next, uh, next week will be, um, at the time that we're recording this, uh, next week will be episode 50 coming out for me, nice. uh, which is, yeah, which is just like so big and, and really like the podcast, it started out as something to be basically like an extension for my travel agency. So everything was, you know, based on travel and, but then it, it kind of developed, um, you know, at the beginning of 2021 into something else. And that's what I 
I rebranded it, you know, um, to, you know, what it is now, which is, you know, the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Mm-hmm. And, and it's become this amazing place where I not only get to share my story in the way that I see the world, but I get to have these people on the podcast like yourself and to share their story and to share how they're living life. And I have to say that on so many occasions, I'm sitting here in the, in my little, you know, walk-in closet that's now been converted into like a recording studio. And, and I, and I'm sitting there, you know, talking with somebody and I sit there so many times and I just silently will say to myself, just thank you, God. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you have me right where you want me because I'm getting to meet these people who otherwise I would have never even knew existed, let alone get to sit down and spend an hour of their time talking with them and, and getting to hear just people's amazing stories. And it goes back to this thing of, of, of a gift that I feel like I was given by, by losing my ability to see, I was able to gain this other gift of getting to know people in like this deeper and more meaningful way where, you know, otherwise, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, we have like this immediate visual distraction. We our, our brain immediately forms an opinion about somebody based on what they look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate that I don't have that, that I don't get to form an opinion about Christina based on what her picture looks like. Mm-hmm. It took me actually talking to you and getting to know who you are based on what you're telling me. And so, and and I feel like that's what's awesome about podcasting is the fact that, as I say, you know, is those listening to a podcast, they're just like me. They're blind. And so, you know, so being, you know, having my own podcast has given me an opportunity to, as I say, to, you know, get to show my audience, you know, to let them see, see the world through my eyes. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so that's, so that's what I'm doing right now is, is the podcast. And, and, you know, I've learned in my life that setting goals and making plans for the f- future Sometimes it, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan for it. And a lot of people, a lot of people are big on this whole goal setting. And I'm like, goals are one of those things. Setting goals are a thing that leads to heartbreak and disappointment. And so I'm like, I'm more about let's just cruise where we're at right now. And let's see where the road takes us. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm cruising, cruising along and, um, you know, and, and hoping that the road stays, uh, stays smooth and just keeps heading up the mountain so <laughs> yeah we... yeah 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 yeah. no I, I i'm a coach so i talk a lot about goals but in a different way and i totally agree with you i mean it's it's um it's good to set your mind to something but then to have the flexibility yes. to have yes. a change in the road so you can say I'm going in that direction and sometimes you have to stay focused because you can get derailed very easily yes. but at the same time you have to be flexible to see other things around and I think that that's what really brings happiness in a way because if you are so stubborn that you are not able to see anything else you know then then you might be missing some things and it's exactly. a for me, it's like a balance. It's like a game, you know, where you're like, sometimes you need to be focused. Sometimes you need to open your, your view and see what else is happening. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
So I'm going to share this with you. You know, when we first met, it was really, really funny. It was funny for me because I hadn't read your story. I didn't know anything except for that you had this intention of a podcast where people share their stories and so forth, so forth. And we met in Zoom, right? So I opened my camera and I spent, I don't know how much time we were talking, looking at myself because you didn't turn on your camera. (laughs) And I remember thinking, why is he turning his camera? Because I didn't know that you were blind. And so I I told you a little bit of my story to see if it was a fit for your podcast. And, And then you're like, yeah, and I understand because if you lose your hearing, which was my story. Yes. It will mean a lot to me because I'm blind. And I remember thinking, what? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you are blind. And I was looking at myself the whole hour or whatever time we were talking. And I start laughing like, oh, my God, Christina, you're just it was hilarious because I thought you here are looking at yourself thinking, well, at least I look very friendly you know and yeah. and, and you can see <laughs> so well that's share. so funny because i always i always tell people when, when they ask about the video option i always tell them i said i said listen i said first off if i don't get to see you you don't get to see me second <laughs> yeah. of all second of all let's I'm level the a, plane <laughs> ex- exactly and i'm like and second of all I ain't about to have to get all dressed up and looking nice for, for camera for you to get to see me and me get nothing out of it. I mean, you know, I'm like, this is a little bit ridiculous. I'm like, if I wanted video, I would have stuck with the YouTube channel. Instead, yeah. I did a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're funny. Yeah, well, you make it easy. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, I that's didn't have I tell, to put makeup today. You know, <laughs> I, I started to say that's why I always tell all all the ladies who I have on the podcast. I say, listen, no video. That means no hair, no makeup. You know, show yeah. up however you want. So. <laughs> Maybe a shower, you know, but that's okay. The rest we can Yeah, shoot. exactly. I mean, I, I, I can't smell you, so I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. So, You're yes. too funny. And, and I want to know, like, when, you know, when some people want to start, for example, a podcast and, or, or a website or so, so I hear many times, like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Oh, I'm technically impaired. I don't know how to... How do you go through that? Because there's a lot of things that you have figured out how to do it differently. And I think that's a gift to have that curiosity and openness to just figure out it differently. But some people shut down that door, even when they have the five senses and a lot of gifts. What can you say to them to help them see all their gifts? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so it, it is funny that you bring that all up because I know, I know one day when I was, was talking and it, I was preparing for an interview and I don't remember now what it was about. And, and I remember, I can't remember the, the question exactly, but I remember having to ask, I turned to my sister and I'm like, Tiffany, I'm like, they're asking for like, you know, what are, what are some of the, my gifts or what am I you know really good at? And I'm like, I don't really know what to tell them. You know, and so, and so one of the things was whatever it was related to, she's like, you know, she's like, Kevin, she's like, you're amazing at figuring stuff out and and finding ways around stuff. She said, you know, like with starting your podcast, you figure all this out, you know? And so, so kind of coming back to your question, um, in terms of specific, you know, things of, of, you know, 
teaching people like how how to do it to figure it out is fall on resources um you know for like tangible items i have to say youtube is incredible podcast apps are incredible to just use the search functionality for whatever you're trying to figure out how to do it mm -hmm. um of course you know relying on google as well um but you know as far as though like the you know kind of like other aspect of it is is the fact of reminding yourself that some things may take a little bit of work some things are not as easy for you as they are for somebody else to figure out to do but there is a way around it um mm -hmm. no like in terms of say starting a podcast for example Maybe, you know, you're not going to start off right off the bat producing something that sounds as amazing as some of the other podcasts you listen to, but that's okay. You got to do what you can. You get started and, and then you keep expanding and you keep getting a little better. And so, you know, is, is I think that's the one thing is to not get frustrated with it, to, you know, to just start small, whatever the project is that you're trying to do is to start small, and I'm kind of like rambling, but, you know, another thing that I would say is, is to accept the things that you are good at, and then for those things that you are not good at, hire them, hire help. I, mm -hmm. for myself, I know that, you know, I can write the copy for my website all day long, but me designing an actual like visually appealing website that I know everything's going to work perfect. And that's just, I, I can't do it. Even mm -hmm. as great as my technology is, I can't do it. So, you know, I found an amazing web designer who I work with who, mm -hmm. you know, does that for me. And, and, you know, and there's so many of these platforms out there now, like um, however you pronounce it, but Fiverr or Fiverr, mm -hmm. it's like the, F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. Yeah. So like I've had amazing success with it, you know, finding freelancers, everything from graphic designers to to the person who does the, the editing for my podcast. And again, you know, it comes back to kind of people skills of of you got to treat that any of those platforms like that is is kind of like an interviewing process. And so, mm -hmm. you know, maybe start out small, give them a, a really small project, a low budget and see how it goes, you know, mm -hmm. and then expand on it. But, but I do, I feel like that that's a big thing is you don't have to always do everything yourself. I know that's a big thing nowadays is just buckle down, figure it out, do it yourself. But you know what? Sometimes doing it yourself just adds extra stress on you and work that you just don't need. Where if you can fall on the expertise of somebody else who that's what they specialize in, why not do it? And at the same time, you're supporting other people who are trying to make it in this world like you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are a lot of wisdom nuggets because one is that is to outsource the things that you don't know how to do and that you don't want to do. Maybe you know how to do them, but you don't want to do them. So you outsource yep. them. And then having the mindset that some things you might not be good or you don't know yet, but having the pacing with yourself to learn them and to and to just go through the process that might be difficult at the beginning, but it's just a process. And then just go small steps at a time. So there's a lot of good information for people, whether they're business owners or just want to do something on the side or they want to open a new venue or, 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 you know, way of doing things for them. But I think your mindset is what really um is is a, an amazing example of of being curious being open to exploring and always keeping the mind 
uh, that there is a possibility, that there is a way to solve these. I used to say there's always a way to learn something. Like you can learn anything. Yes. yes. As, as an engineer, you you have to because things change yes. really quickly. So there's always you can learn anything. It might take you longer. It might be yep. really harder. Maybe someone on your side learning in five minutes and you need five days. But you can learn it if you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think and I think with that too is, you know, whether it it's Whatever it is, if if you're creating anything, if it's creating a business, creating a website, a podcast, YouTube channel, whatever it is, too, is is to design it in a way that that makes you happy. That when you look at it, when you hear the final result, you're like, oh my goodness, and it makes you smile because you're proud. Instead of then immediately comparing it to everything else that's out there. Yeah, exactly. Bringing your essence and and really staying there and not looking comparing all the time because i think that social media is is really bringing it like comparing what other people are doing or living or you know and and uh, and then we forget to look inside and all to all, all our gifts exactly i agree so we we i don't want to run too over but i have a couple of more questions for to you of course yeah one no, is cool. for all the people that don't have blind people close to them so they don't know how their life is how can those outside help to the visually impaired yeah no i was gonna say to me the biggest thing the easiest thing that anyone can do is that app that i mentioned to you earlier called mm -hmm. be my eyes mm -hmm. is to download that app and if you're somebody who you can see is download that app and you select the option that you are a, a helper or, you know, that are sighted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's the easiest way possible because the more people who download it, then the faster it is, you know, for, for somebody who is blind or visually impaired, who needs, you know, a second of, of somebody's time just to see something real quick, mm -hmm. you know, it, it makes it easier. So in terms of, you know, like helping somebody, you know, who's blind or visually impaired, um, you know, I would say that's definitely the easiest thing. And then, and then, you know, the other thing that I would say is, you know, whether or not you're, you're in a community where you have anybody who, you know, is blind or visually impaired is the fact of, uh, remember if that all of us are people and it's real easy in this, in this life to feel alone at times. Mm -hmm. And that's never more true than than when you lose your ability to see. And so I would say to, you know, to not hesitate to walk up and just say hello, because I can tell you from my own experience, that means the world to me is I always, I always think back to being in school and like elementary school. And we would get these, these little worksheets at the beginning of the school year, like these icebreakers, and they would have these like funny questions on them, but they'd always have this one question that would always say, when I'm in, in a room full of people, I feel, and it had a blank and you, you know, would, would answer it. And I will tell you that now that I've gone blind, I will tell you that when in a room full of people, I feel more alone than ever wow. because I, because I don't have the luxury of the nonverbal communication. Yeah. It takes somebody getting outside of their comfort zone to walk up and say, Hey, how are you? 
mm-hmm. and start a conversation with me. Yeah. And so so that, that those are my two pieces of advice is the one is the Be My Eyes app. Um, just because it's so amazing. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, again, whether it's somebody blind, visually impaired, or, or of any disability, um, you know, is, is just to remember that everyone, no matter what ability or disability, we're all people, we're all human. And everybody just needs some compassion and everybody can, you know, just use a friend. Yeah, make sure I, I will make sure to write down on the notes um, the apps that you said and and see if there is also similars. Um, if it if it works like in Spain and other countries, yeah, there are similar ones that can be used because sometimes people want to help, they just don't know how. And, exactly. Yeah, and 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 then they are so afraid to say the wrong thing that at the end they don't even come close <laughs> you know like yeah they avoid exactly. because they don't know what to do so i exactly. think it's, it's good to share from your perspective what can they do that is simple yep. easy you know like saying hello like you say coming yep. coming over and and just thinking well this person doesn't see you so you are the one that needs to go and see them you know so um, exactly. It's it's beautiful to hear. I I had a sister who was handicapped and I remember a lot of people coming to her and saying, "Oh, you know, I'm so sorry cuz she's sick." And and my sister would always say like, "I'm not sick." Because for her, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sick it was like having the flu, you know, or having yes. a stomach ache, but I'm not sick. And that but you exactly. cannot walk and she's like, "Yeah, but I have my arms, you know." And yes. she had the wisdom that you have where she will go like, "What's your problem? You know, I'm fine." Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. No, it is. And and, and you know, and, and that's the thing like for myself, I'm, you know, I mean, all of this that I say, I I I speak from my my perspective, not certainly I have no authority to speak for the for the for the entire blind and visually impaired population, but mm-hmm you know, for, for myself, you know, is, you know, I don't, I don't ever get upset when people come up and, and cause that is a very common thing. If people come up and generally, if they come up to me, if, if I'm with somebody, they're going to speak to that person um, as if they can't speak to me directly, which yeah. is always kind of humorous, but, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the first thing they say is, you know, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, and and so I know some people may, you know, immediately, you know, get very defensive and, you know, stuff. And and I don't because I know that it's people, you know, th- that shows they have a good heart yeah. and they, you know, and, and they're they just don't know. So, exactly. exactly. And they don't know how to do it different. And, and they, exactly. they mean well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. That, and that's I think I think that's the biggest thing for disability. You no, know, it's just to show show people some grace. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and to not have this like negative, you know, mindset that you know everybody's out to get you, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, and just treat everybody equal in the sense that whatever you would do with someone that has not that disability, you know, just just yep. treat them equal. And and uh, I remember with my sister, we, you know, we had fights as kids, and then in my school they would say, "Oh, how can you be so cruel and have fights with your sister?" I'm like. <laughs> Do you have fight with your sister? Because I, you know, yep. if you do, then I have all the right to have fight with my sister. <laughs> you know? wait, gonna, wait. It's like, that's crazy, you know? So. 
I started to say that. I mean, that's the same thing with like me and my sister. I mean, it's the same type of scenario of her like getting yeah. mad with me and and yanking away from me and taking off and like acting and, and try and leave me in the parking lot or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so it's you know it's 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 brother and sister. It's family and and I tell you though, is coming from the perspective of the person with the disability. There's nothing more more amazing nothing makes me happier than to be treated like i don't have a disability yeah exactly and so so whenever when i love it when we go to restaurants and and the waitress or waiter doesn't realize that i can't see yeah and 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 the first thing whenever it finally comes out when they try to try generally it's they're trying to hand me something and i'm staring at them and, and they're kind of looking at me like well, take the menu, dude. And I'm like, and, and finally it takes somebody at the table like, he's blind. I'm sorry. And, and so then at that point, the waiter or waitress always gets so embarrassed. And I always, I'm like, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, what you just did helps me to know that, you know what? I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. That, you know? And so for me, that's, I always find that really awesome to when, when I can, as I, I always like to say, kind of trick somebody that, you know, that I can see. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, I am so happy to have you here and I will keep talking actually in that my last question. <laughs> How do you see your future? Oh my goodness. Um, how do I see my future? Now that you said that you don't set goals and you know, I started to say is that, you know, is, is I started to say that goes back to what we talked about earlier is that for myself at, at almost 35 years old, I'm nowhere where I ever dreamed I would be at, at this point in my life. So for myself, I'm not even about to think where I'm going to be tomorrow, let alone 10 years from now. Um, you know, I'm just going to just keep doing what I'm doing and see where the road goes. Well, I'm really happy that your road crossed mine and that uh, we've been able to meet a couple of times. And yes. um, I know you're going to inspire a lot of people in many ways. And uh, I really look forward to seeing you grow and seeing your podcast grow and, and getting to meet you again. And maybe we can go for a wander somewhere in Florida. <laughs> exactly. That would be wonderful. Well, well, yeah. honestly, honestly, um, you know, I just want to thank you so much. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it's truly a gift to, to get to meet amazing people like yourself. And I'm very grateful to, you know, get to be on your podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much.